So when we get to the topic, I don't know how I'm going to contain my excitement because something got announced earlier today that I've literally been waiting for for many, many years. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Cox. We, how did you not laugh at that? I'm pretty, I'm do, pretty shocked. We do love Cox here. <laughs> Big Cox guy. <laughs> Big Cox guy. Huge Cox guy. Huge Cox guy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Movie Nights Roundtable. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Arricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. And if you're watching this, because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered. ...thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. I was actually thrown off when you didn't do the extended well, and I I know. I like up. to throw it off on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gotta uh, I was on my toes, though. We did it. On your toes, but we, we did, got there. We did yep. it. Yes, yes. So, naturally, how we kick off most shows today is we are going to start with the box office, but before we get there... If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe and leave comments down below. I hate that I actually ask people to do that. I try to never do that in the YouTube videos, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know? Two, if you'd rather subscribe to us on audio versions, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We might be on Amazon Music as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening on there, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube. With that out of the and way. And number three, Malignant's a great movie. Malignant is a great fucking movie. Nice. Haven't gotten to do one yet. Oh, Felt yeah. natural there. Yeah, yeah no, it's... It is. It truly is. Thank you for that. Of course. So, without further ado, let's get in to the weekend box office. Coming in at number one was Encanto, making $13.147 million, only dropping 52% in its second weekend. That's pretty good. Coming in, there was no major first weekend movies last weekend. No major ones. Mm -hmm. Coming in at number two was Ghostbusters Afterlife, making another $10.3 million, dropping 57% from week two to week three. Coming in at number three was House of Gucci, making $7 million, dropping 51% its previous weekend. That's pretty normal. Coming in at number four was The uh, Christmas with The Chosen, The Messengers. I believe it was a faith-based film. What the heck is that? It was a Fathom event. Oh. It made $4 million in its one week. And coming in at number fifth, number fifth, number five, number fifth. was Eternals, making about $4 million in its fifth week. Resident Evil dropped out of the top five in its second weekend. Shame. Wow, Eternals did not. Or is that is total gross worldwide? Let me see. Worldwide total gross is about three eighty three. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. After Spider Man's full domestic run or worldwide run, yeah, I'll look back at twenty twenty one and Marvel and see what did the best. Gotcha. Like worldwide domestic. I'm gonna assume Spider Man and then Shang Chi. Probably. Not probably. That that is what happened. That's probably it's gonna, what's gonna Although happen. Although Venom yeah. Two is close on Shang Chi domestically, not worldwide. Yeah. But uh, let me see. Yeah, Venom worldwide has four hundred and eighty-two million dollars, but domestically it's at two ten. Mm. That's crazy. It's crazy for Venom. But uh, yeah, that's the weekend box office, you guys, and we're actually going to do something that uh, I have to do not only as your co-host but as your friend. Um, I'm going to let you introduce this first topic as I pull it up onto the screen here. Uh, <laughs> Nick, go buck wild on the audience. Guys, Nicolas Cage is Dracula. <laughs> I there there comes a time when you can just tell that a movie's being made for someone. Oh yeah, and 
this is it for me. So the movie's <laughs> called Renfield. Yes. Renfield, which is about Dracula's assistant, who's basically just by his side all the time and just devoted to him. And the movie's about that character, who's going to be played by Nicholas Holt. Yes. And you can't have Renfield without Dracula. Mm-hmm. So the Dracula to Nicholas the Dracula to Nicholas Holt's Renfield is going to be Nicholas Cage returning, adding some fangs back on, like uh, was it Vampire's Kiss? Yep. And getting to play one of the classic monsters. Uh huh. And it is being directed by Chris McKay, who directed uh, The Tomorrow War, as well as the Lego Batman movie. Yes. And it is coming from a script. Written by one of the Rick and Morty writers, uh, David, uh, one of those, and is being produced by The Walking Dead and Invincibles' Robert Kirkman. And I believe that the script itself is actually rewritten or adapted from an original script by Robert Kirkman. And I believe actually they just announced this week that Aquafina has also joined the cast. Yes. So that that's a lot to unpack right there. Oh yeah. And I think that this has a lot of implications, which I like. Mm-hmm. One, Nicolas Cage is going to be in a larger budgeted studio movie. Uh huh. Which he has not been in a long time. Nope. Two, he's playing a classic monster, mm-hmm. and he, if there's anything about Nicolas Cage, he appreciates cinema and the classics, and I think that Dracula is well, an interesting girl. Also, he just looks like Dracula, yeah. like black hair. Well, Nick, he's an effing movie star. He's an effing movie star. <laughs> um, and two, I'm assuming this is Universal. Yes. Right? And it's next up on this trend of they realize what happened with the dark universe. And now they're taking this swing where they're just giving these filmmakers free reign to do something different and to take bigger risks with these monsters movies. Like I personally was not a fan of the invisible man. I know that is a controversial opinion. I know it's a controversial opinion. Boo. I appreciate their attempt at doing something different, and I thought that that was cool to see, and I was happy that it was successful, whether or not I liked it or not. It was very well acclaimed, which then led people to want more of this stuff, Mm -hmm. which leads us to getting weird movies, and I'm fully on board with it. Because, I mean, all of that just sounds like Never in a million years would you think you'd get a Dracula movie directed by the guy who made the Lego Batman movie starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage from a script from the Walking Dead writer yep. and a Rick and Morty writer. Yeah. Never in a million years. It, so I... Th- this is what's possible with the power of love. Yes. That, that's that's what I feel. The, the, the love of movies, the that's, love of Nick Cage, the yes. love of everything. I. I'm there opening night with a big bo- bucket of popcorn. Oh, yes. And I think that they don't really have that many. What do they have? They have Wolfman set up. Mm-hmm. With Ryan Gosling. And I think that's all they have kind of pending with monster movies right mm-hmm. now. And they're doing another Dracula. But I don't know if it's Universal. But Chloe Zhao's doing another Dracula. Yes. But it's I a Western that. Dracula. Yes. 
which I'm all about. I don't think that's universal. I think that's like yeah, it a, might be a yeah. separate thing. Yeah. But like this is Universal Monsters, like yeah, the studio that brought you the Invisible Man. So I, I and it both takes have been very that I'm assuming this take's going to be interesting because mm-hmm. it's probably it's not a Dracula movie. Yeah, it's a Remfield movie. Yes. Um, I'm curious about their dynamic and how that's going to the dynamic. So I'm curious what the whole take on Wolfman's going to be like because mm-hmm. it's definitely not just going to be a straight yeah. Wolfman movie, especially mm-hmm. if you have Ryan Gosling. In yeah, it. and I'm also curious about the tone of the Dracula film. Exactly. They 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 described it in the mm-hmm. article as an adventure comedy. Good, good. So basically, we're getting the Mummy, <laughs> but Nick Cage Dracula. Yeah. Uh, uh, to close the segment, I, I really yes. think there's only one thing that needs to be asked, Nick. It's, it's a personal question from me to you. Have you ever misfiled anything? No, because I put the files in alphabetical order. Yeah? Yep. I'm not doing it. I don't have the energy. At least he knew what I was referencing. That's what we were going for. Uh, yes, but I'm very excited. What do you guys think about Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt being in Renfield as Renfield and Dracula? We're going to move on to our next story. And this one brings up an interesting thing. So, uh, Falcon of the Winter Soldiers, um, again with the words, Kari Skogland, I believe that's how you say her name, is now going to direct Gal Gadot's Cleopatra, which was originally being set to direct by Patty Jenkins. That, that was going to be a collaboration with her and Gal Gadot again. But ironically, it was also one of the reasons why Wonder Woman 3 and Rogue Squadron were kind of up in arms for a while, because it's like, wait, are these movies going to happen when you have yeah. this big Cleopatra movie you want to make? Well, more has come to light, and it will now be helmed by Kari Skogland as Patty Jenkins moves onto a producing role. But here's where it gets interesting. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we reported that the Rogue Squadron movie's on an indefinite hold? Yes. And we re- they said it was because of scheduling, but we're like, doesn't sound like scheduling. It sounds like creative differences yeah. because of Lucasfilm. Well, <laughs> why don't you take a look at this part of the article. Following the massive success of the Marvel series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Kari Skoglin looks to have found her next film project and will be teaming up with another superhero star in the process. Sources tell Deadline that Skoglin's is set to direct Paramount's Cleopatra, starring Gal Gadot. Scoglin steps in for Patty Jenkins, who was attached to direct and is pivoting to producing role. Jenkins fell off as a director so she could focus on her next two projects, Wonder Woman 3 and Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Sounds like that's back on. What's going on there? In some aspect, yeah. Because my thing is, if it was really scheduling, well, she just quit Cleopatra. It's not a problem anymore now, is it? Yeah. And I assume this news already happened weeks ago. So what's really going on over there with, with Rogue Squadron and Star Wars? We'll find out more about that. For now, let's focus on this part of the story. I was unfamiliar with uh, Skoglin's work before mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. But from a directorial standpoint, I thought the show was pretty sound. Mm-hmm. It's been my least favorite live action thing of MCU Phase 4 other than Black Widow. I put it right above Black Widow so far in Phase 4. Okay. But I didn't dislike the show. I yeah. thought it was really well done. I loved every aspect of the show except for the main storyline with uh, the villains. Yeah. I liked everything else. I liked Wyatt Russell. I liked the things with Isaiah Bradley. Liked everything else. And I also feel bad for the show because it kind of seems like they had to change what the show was about about halfway through, mm-hmm. even though I don't think they'll ever admit it. But uh, overall, I'm interested to see what this director can do, what Kari Skoglin can do, other than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, that's coming from someone unfamiliar with her previous work. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, and do you think that this is an interesting move from something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier to 
this Cleopatra project that Patty Jenkins was setting up. You know, I guess it depends on what the tone of Cleopatra is. Because mm-hmm. if it's like a drama, you know, I thought the drama scenes in Falcon and Winter Soldier were handled very well, like the Isaiah Bradley yeah. scenes. But like, is it is it an adventure movie? Is it, like, I feel like tonally I can't really get a, until I know what Cleopatra is, I feel like I can't form a sound opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm kind of with you where I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it wasn't my favorite of the Marvel shows that they've done. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was helmed fine. Yeah. Like I thought the act, the directing was good. I thought the action was pretty solid. Yeah, especially, it looked beautiful. Especially the entirety of Anthony Mackie's showcase yeah. in the finale. Yeah. Like all those action scenes I nice thought were fantastic. Mm-hmm. So honestly, to me, the best action scenes were with Sharon Carter in that shipping yard. That yeah. shit was awesome. The shipping yard. Even uh, Wyatt Russell had a few good ones. Uh-huh. Um, so if there's some action elements, I think she can handle that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drama really well. Yep. So I guess it's just a matter of what tone they're going for. Like, is it a biopic? Mm-hmm. Is it like, what's the yeah. tone? Because I, I can only speak to Falcon and Winter Soldier, so mm-hmm. I would have to get a tone. To well, I know it. when Patty was developing the movie, it was more of going to be like this historical epic okay. drama, kind of like the old, old Cleopatra movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know because she's now no longer the director. I don't know if that's yeah. going to remain that vibe, mm-hmm. but it has to at least align somewhat with her vision because I don't think Gal Gadot would be. Because part of the it, reason yeah. why she wanted to do it was because she was going to work with Patty Jenkins again. Yeah, and so I think that the search for the director, while the director is going to make it her own for sure, it also had to do with a little bit of like, we kind of wanted to be like this. Is that something you would, yeah. would also like to do? Because I assume Gal Gadot is probably producing as well. Probably, yeah. If I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see about that. What do you guys think about this? Uh, one of our lights went out, which I'll fix magically with editing here in a second. But uh, let us know down in the comments below. We're now going to move on to our next story with better lights. Crazy how we have lights now. Um, you liked Shang-Chi. Loved Shang-Chi. Me as well. Well, surprise, surprise, shocking, shocker. They're going to make another Shang-Chi movie. Good. But more to the story... Dustin Daniel Creighton, who directed the film, is going to be returning, and he inked an overall deal with Marvel Studios and Hulu's Onyx, Col- On- Onyx? Onyx Collective and set for a Disney Plus MCU series as well as a sequel to Shang-Chi. This comes as an exclusive from Deadline. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings filmmaker Dustin Daniel Creighton has entered into an exclusive multi-year overall deal with Disney companies, Marvel Studios, and Hulu's whatever the fuck. The filmmaker is already in active development with Marvel Studios on a new series for Disney+, Plus, which I assume is going to be the Ten Rings series that was teased at the end of Shang-Chi. Mm, focusing on the sister. Yes. Yeah. I assume that that's what the series is. I could be wrong about that, I hope though. it's just a workplace comedy. That would be amazing. <laughs> Even with, uh, with, with Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Oh, I need Ben Kingsley. At the same time, Disney has made it official that Cretan is returning to write and direct previously rumored sequel to Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Under the big new overall deal, Cretan will develop TV projects with Marvel Studios for Disney Plus and the Onyx Collective across all platforms, including Hulu. So, hell of a deal to make as a filmmaker in today's world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think this is nothing but great news. Yeah. I love Shang-Chi. I feel like he's going to do a great job with the sequel. And I feel like whatever plans he had for expansion on Disney Plus is something he's wanted to do and something that he's looking forward to doing, or else he wouldn't have made it part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And Marvel Studios wouldn't have agreed to the deal if they didn't think he could do it. So, I think this is all smiles, nothing but great stuff. What do you have to say? Exactly the same thing. I love Shang-Chi. I thought he did a great job directing. 
and I love everything that that movie set up. So I am all on board for it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Not a whole lot to add on that. We're just fucking excited about Shang-Chi 2. What do you guys think about it? Let us know down in the comments below. And moving on to our next story, another one from Deadline. Um, a while ago, we reported on the show that there was a movie called Ghost that was going to star Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. And that it was going to be a kind of reunion for the two. Yes. Which I was really excited about, actually. Well, this is a good news, bad news situation. What you want first? Give me the bad news. Bad news. Scarlett Johansson had to drop out of the project, and she won't be in the movie. Is the that good like, news. You think that's scheduling things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing the Taika Waititi haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a whole thing yeah. that we'll get into in the article. But do you want the good news? Yes. Anna de Armas is replacing her, so now we're getting a Knives Out reunion instead. I love Anna de Armas. Sold. Yes. Say no more. Sold. I don't know what the movie's about, but I'm on board. Sold exactly. This is what Deadline had to say in an exclusive article. A different kind of re-team is in store for Ghosted, the Apple original film, Romantic Adventure, to be helmed by Dexter Fletcher, who directed um, Rocket Man and Three yeah. Weeks Worth of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Anna de Armas will re-team with Knives Out co-star Chris Evans in the film. Scarlett Johansson and Evans' often collaborator in the Marvel movies has amicably exited the picture in what seems to be described as a scheduling conflict. Okay. That amicable, amicable adjective makes me seem like there's nothing wrong here. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything going on with Apple with Skeletor Johansson that would make me believe otherwise. So it, the film is being written by Rhett Weiss and Paul Rennick, though. Deadpool so, and Zombieland. So that's that's good news. Sold. Yeah. I I'm just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. As like a follow up to the previous story to let people know in case they were wondering. We'll see if there's like it's a no plot longer Scarlett like... Johansson. It is now Anna de Armas. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think that they had really good chemistry in Knives Out. I think that chemistry can only get better in future things. This being one of them. And Apple TV has proven to continue to try to get some. Oh, it's an Apple TV. Yes, some oh. higher quality stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious as to how that's going to go. But what are your thoughts on this whole thing that's going down? I'm all about it. I love Chris Evans. I love Anna Diarmas. I love Zombieland. I love Deadpool. <laughs> that's all I got. Sold. Ah, yes. Love. All. Big give, monster. Give me more Chris Evans. Give me more Anna Diarmas, and call it a day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What do you guys think about that story with Anna Diarmas replacing Scarlett Johansson in the movie Ghosted? Let us know down in the comments below. So, we're going on to the final two stories before getting into rumors of the roundtable. Yes. And uh, the last one is what I've been looking forward to the whole show. But this is also exciting. Mark this under, um, yeah, no shit, I was hoping they would do this. <laughs> According to Variety, that Penguin spinoff Batman show they were going to make will star the fucking Penguin. As Colin Farrell Whoa. has officially <laughs> signed on to star and executive produce a series spinoff of the Batman, which was already previously announced in which he would again play the Penguin. Farrell will first portray the villainous character in The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, which is due to be released March 4th. That's getting fucking close. The series will then reportedly delve into the Penguin's rise to power in the Gotham criminal underworld. Variety first reported the series was in development back in September, though Farrell's attachment was not official at the time. What you think about Penguin being in The Penguin Show? Wow. <laughs> I mean, why report the show? Why not wait till yeah, right? Colin Farrell's confirmed. That seems like... Or at least have more fun with it. Because I remember those articles saying, yeah. there's going to be a show about the Penguin, although Colin Farrell's not yet attached. 
Yeah. You might as well just say, we heard there's a penguin show. He's probably going to fucking be penguin. They're trying to make this, and he hasn't signed on yet. Yeah. I hope it happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, being too professional can sometimes... Uh, yeah, I feel like make this it boring. Is, but I at the same like, time, look at where they're at and look at where we're at. This is more of just an update news story this than an, an actual breaking news story. News story. Yeah, it's exactly, more of a exactly. hey, remember this? There you go. Oh, if you want some fucking breaking news, wait till we tell you about the story we're gonna get into right fucking now, dude. The thing I've been <laughs> waiting for the whole goddamn show. Are you guys fucking ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? In an interview with Cinema Blend, Kevin fucking Feige, our Lord and Savior, said. That Charlie Cox is returning as Matt Murdock in Daredevil. Didn't say what the fuck it was in, though, because of who he is as a person, that Feige. But... I'm impressed we got that. Dude, he just straight up said it. Just straight up was like, yeah, if and when we do Daredevil, you fuck. You know when you're going to do Daredevil. If and when we do Daredevil, Charlie Cox is going to play him. He woke up and chose happiness. That's what he did. And fuck yes, dude. Are you kidding me? I... (laughs) <laughs> fucking love the Daredevil show. You know how much I love the Daredevil yes. show. I feel so vindicated because I remember being in high school, my last year of high school when that show came out, and telling everyone, you guys need to watch Daredevil because it's so good, and I bet you one day he's going to be in the movies. Then they all moved on with their lives and had <laughs> kids or whatever. But now they're probably thinking, you know what? <laughs> that fat fuck was right. <laughs> Son of a bitch was right. God damn it. I'm so happy about this. I love Charlie Cox's performance. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a rebooted version of the character, which I assume it will be. I don't think he's going to say the Netflix shows are canon. You still get the same performance. You get the same actor, and they can t- mentally be in a similar journey that they were in and give us that same yep. style of performance. <sighs> Dude, this will be a day long remembered in my nerd history. <laughs> there are a couple days that I remember fondly. I remember where I was when they announced Spider-Man was going to be in the MCU. I was sleeping. <laughs> I remember uh, walking out of the first time seeing Avengers and being like, the fucking world's different now. Mm-hmm. Like in how the things you can do with the comic book movies. This is one of those moments for me. Of <laughs> Kevin Feige being like, eh, you know what? That's not my toy, but it's in my sandbox now, bitch. So I'm going to do whatever <laughs> I, I want. So I'm going to play with it. Yeah, exactly. You thought it was safe, but it's not. Oh, no, not today, motherfucker. <laughs> It's mine now. Uh, Nick? I'm, I Listen, I'm with you. I Thoughts love that. on Charlie Cox. I love that show. Kevin Feige can do no wrong. Um, And if he wants Daredevil, goddammit, he's getting Daredevil. And I appreciate that Marvel is not afraid to just use the same actors. Yes. And you know because what? Because there's certain characters that just cannot be played by anyone. Hence why J.K. Simmons is back as yes. J. Jonah James. And with this announcement, you fucking know Vincent D'Onofrio's coming to Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Because you know on Hawkeye, the uncle is totally fucking Kingpin. Has to be. There's no way it's some not. Some of you got my joke that I made in the reaction. <laughs> I appreciate it. Others didn't. But. Yep. Nope. Definitely. Dude. That just all but confirms it. 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 Dude, they're, they're going to build up them meeting again. And it's yep. going to be so fucking satisfying. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have to get Charlie Cox. Do you know? You but know, they did that for us. You know, listen, we're one step closer to Kingpin getting to Spider-Man finally. I know. Dude, we never fucking had that. Nope. Well, Spider-Verse, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a live action. Yeah. And you know what else we've never had? In Daredevil Season 2, there's a sequence in which Punisher is leaving the prison. Spoilers if you haven't watched fucking Daredevil. It's been five years. 
and he says to Kingpin, the next time one of us, the next time we meet, only one of us walks away. Mm-hmm. Now, they're probably not going to do the Netflix shows as canon. Yeah. <laughs> what if we see the promise fulfilled? What if we see John Bernthal come back and he just fucking murders the Kingpin? Well, that and also just how season three ended. Yeah. With, fucking bullseye. With not even that, just Kingpin and Daredevil. Yeah. Where that storyline let off. Are they just yeah. picking up and fighting yeah. on side? Or is and I like your theory about what happened. Can you please tell the audience? And this is a big caveat if they decide to keep some of the Netflix storylines canon. Uh, basically, my theory was that Daredevil was blipped, but Kingpin was not. And therefore, Kingpin was able to rebuild his underground empire without Daredevil being a burden. Lovely theory. Thank now, That's what, why I'm here. My theory is I think they will reboot. The, like yeah. it'll be, but I think some of what happened happened, but mm-hmm. not like kind of like the Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah, where the Edward Norton Hulk is not related to the Eric Bana Hulk. Yeah, but in the Eric Bana Hulk was his origin story, and then he ran away and ended up in Brazil. When Edward Norton Hulk starts, he's in Brazil. He's in Brazil and had his origin. But it wasn't that movie. So, I never put that together. So I have a feeling that... So is Eric Bana canon to be no. But I have a feeling yeah. that Charlie... Like, Matt Murdock has had a thing with Kingpin. In the past. In the past. Yeah. And that he's still trying to get him. It just won't be the exact thing that They're we They're not going to reference it, but you know yes. they got beef. Yes. Okay. Now, if... Because everyone is thinking, me included, that Charlie Cox will be in No Way Home. Mm-hmm. If there's a post-credit scene where we get to see Eldon Hansen as Foggy, I will fucking lose it. That's the real win here. That's the real win. Is Are they going to get Foggy? We get Foggy back. And Karen Page. Foggy back. <laughs> I am... Uh, this. I've literally been on a high all day because of this fucking news. I scared the shit out of Hannah this morning <laughs> when we were getting ready because I screamed so loud. The real question is, what do you guys think about Charlie motherfucking Cox coming back into the MCU as Daredevil? Let us know in the comments below. Nicholas Iricchio, what are the rumors of the roundtable? It's time for the rumors of the roundtable. Again, these are rumors. Rumors, they are not from Deadline. You know, the big big news sets, just kind of stuff people have been tossing around. Um, our rumors this week, I have two of them, actually. Okay. And they both have to deal with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Okay, hit me. One is that um, words. Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop will have a small cameo. Interesting into With, the movie. Okay, in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Perchance, maybe a Young Avengers setup. All because given of, uh, Cassie Lang, mm-hmm. yeah, Catherine Newton's Cassie Lang. Uh, so that's one. Just a quick little cameo from that. Uh, number two is an interesting one because it's kind of a follow-up to an old rumor. And it basically is that MODOK will be making his live-action debut in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. MODOK? MODOK. Okay. And a while back, we had rumored, reported that Jim Carrey was rumored to be playing mm-hmm. MODOK. Well, this rumor says that it is MODOK, but it is not Jim Carrey. Oh. But that MODOK will be in the movie. Okay. Which begs the question of what does that mean? And who's Bill Murray playing? <laughs> Could Bill Murray be Modoc? Could we potentially get a get a 
he who remains king the conqueror type thing where we're introduced to a older modok mm-hmm. who's bill murray and then he dies and we get a young truly evil modok let, 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 let me get this straight you're saying that there's a chance that we get kang modok and kate bishop in an ant-man movie yes 15-year-old me is losing his fucking mind <laughs> right now. So, and I, I don't, I feel like, I feel like Modoc and Bill Murray is an interesting pairing. I don't know how that would work. I don't think, I don't think that's who, who yeah. Bill Murray is. I, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to be Ant-Man's dad. That'd be funny. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> but, yeah, Modoc potentially in it, not played by Jim Carrey. Interesting. I hope the rumors is true. Yeah. I'd that be interested be awesome. to see how they do Modoc live action. Yeah. That would be that would be very interesting, interesting to, see. to see. Yeah, huh? I wonder. I I don't know if I believe it just because mm-hmm. I think Kang being in the movie is a big thing Enough. on its own. Yeah, unless Modoc is just like the opening villain, but I don't think they do that to Modoc. Yeah, but maybe he shows up at the end as like a setup. But I don't know. We'll see. I do believe Kate Bishop though. Yeah, that would make, I think yeah. maybe like a cameo post credit yeah. tag. Kind of makes like sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. What do you guys think about that rumor? Let us know down in the comments below. And was there anything else you wanted to add today, Nicholas? Uh, no, it's about it on my end. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah. guys, thank you so much for watching today's episode or listening, if you're on Spotify or Apple, of the Movie Nights Roundtable. Uh, we will see you next week. We're going to have a couple videos coming out this week. Hopefully, <laughs> if the schedule schedules are crazy right now, it's the end of the year, the holidays. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. A lot more content is going to be coming your way in terms of reactions, in terms of the podcast, in terms of movie reviews, all kinds of fun stuff. At the end of the year, we are going to talk about our favorite movies of 2021. Yes. Are we going to we gonna wait to get... Oh, yeah. We're waiting until the full January. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, something that I'd like to do is I would like to do what Screen Junkies used to do, where all the movie nights nominate their own Academy Awards, uh-huh. where we all get into a room and fight with each other. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be fun. I, I'm going like to try that. to set that up. So yeah. if you guys want to see that, let us know in the comments below. And in the meantime, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.